Blog Talk Radio. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Who wants a J-O-B or business that doesn't work? When you've tried everything and you haven't succeeded, try something new. Try Solovey. Solovey, the first true social commerce company ever created. Save money and even make money. Turn being social into commerce. Visit tour.smartsocialphone.com today. Visit tour.smartsocialphone.com today. That's tour.smartsocialphone.com. You need car insurance. Bad credit? We've got you covered. No credit? We've got you covered. Bad driving record? We've got you covered. Need SR22? We've got you covered. No driver's license? We've got you covered. If you have good credit, we have got you covered. Don't get caught without being covered. Call Ms. Williams today at 312-635-2445, extension 1, to get immediate coverage. Don't delay. Call 312-635-2445, extension 1, and ask for Ms. Williams right now. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is, welcome to Classroom DNA with Phyllis Austin. I want to thank you for joining us. Today we're going to talk about bullying, um, and the actual show title is Bullying, Who Is Your Child Really Sitting Next To? So we have Miss Holmes, and she's going to tell us about her experience as a parent. But first I want to just remind you of some, little, some words that come in to play when we discuss bullying its meaning. Um, you might have heard, if you read your school's or your school district's definition of bullying, some words that stand out may be substantial harm, reasonable harm, or intentional harm by a person. And the harm can be physical or mental. The actions can be verbal or nonverbal. And it, um, the actions can be in the form of written communication, physical, commun- physical touching written communication or electronic communication. So I'm just going to let Ms. Holmes go ahead and discuss or tell us about her experience as a parent when she had to contend with bullying. Ms. Holmes, are you there? Yes, I am. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us. And, you know, just feel free to discuss um, or tell the audience what you experienced as a parent dealing with bullying um, your parents so just breathe, be comfortable, and everything is going to be in divine order. So go ahead and tell us about your experience as bullying, um, your bullying experience. Okay. Um, well, with my experience, I have a daughter. Um, she's now in high school, but uh, the incident that we had was back in 2008, and that was at the start of her fifth grade year. Um, she was attending a school here in our home attendance area in DeKalb County. And um, basically at the start of that year, during the very first week of school, she just had the, the classroom organized to where it was sitting four desks all together in a group. And during that first week, there was uh, one young lady in the group that started to pick with her. Every time that my daughter would say something, she would have a negative comment towards her, and um, she was just basically antagonizing her. And so my daughter did inform the teacher of that. Uh, The teacher said that she was going to be changing the groups anyway uh, the following week. Um, I also, you know, discussed the same incident with the teacher 
because the young lady was doing it every day to her. And um, teacher again said that she was going to change groups the following week. Um, the behavior of the young lady continued. Um, the teacher never changed the desk the following week, as she said she would. Um, the next week there was an incident where the young lady um, threw my daughter's materials off the desk and onto the floor. This was while the teacher was out in the classroom and the children were unsupervised. Um, following that incident, I uh, did make the principal aware of that incident, and I actually went and sat down and had a meeting with the principal. Uh, he said that he would be following up and speaking with that teacher regarding the incident and as well as investigating the whole incident and speaking to both my daughter and the other young lady. And uh, he would then follow up with me uh, regarding the, the status of the situation. Um, that never happened. I never received any sort of written notice or email or any phone call from the principal to make me aware of his investigation. Um, the young lady continued to um, harass and antagonize my daughter in the classroom, and it led up to the young lady actually starting to uh, physically fight with my daughter in the classroom. Um, and uh, following that incident, um, you know, I reached out to you, Mrs. Austin, and we followed up with letters. And the end result of that whole situation uh, was that we ended up moving my daughter to a different school. Um, but, you know, it was basically a bullying situation, and it, it escalated from one end from it being verbal to physical. And it was just a very frustrating process. You know, as a parent, you always want your child to be safe. And um, that just wasn't, to me, that just wasn't a safe environment that she was in. It was frustrating because when I went to the teacher about the incident, you know, it didn't seem like it was a, an urgent situation for her to respond to, um, you know, then going to the principal, and it just seemed like they just weren't uh, responding in an expedient manner. So, it was, you know, as a parent, it was a very frustrating situation, and, um, you know, we've had other schools in different situations, but that was the very first time that I had to deal with it. Let me ask you this question, Ms. Holmes. Mm -hmm. uh, when, what do you think about the, the mindset of the child who was doing the bullying, the fact that she didn't let up. Once she targeted your child, it was like she was not going to let up with her actions towards your child. Right. Um, you know, that's a very scary thought because, you know, it, it always takes me to wondering where that child gets that behavior from, you know, what's going on with them outside of school that is, putting them into the mindset of, you know, just starting to kick with someone else and then even, you know, once that behavior is being noticed, just to continue that type of behavior, it's just like where where are they getting it from? Where is it starting? Okay. okay. And I often say that bullies are pre-wired. As a matter of fact, every child in the classroom setting is pre-wired with issues, um, behavior, they come to class and you just don't know. Not only is the person who's doing the bullying pre-wired, the victim is pre-wired. I hear a lot of children joning in class, and I was just never raised that way to join. Mm -hmm. So I'm pre-wired. If you reduce me to 10 years of age, I was pre-wired to believe that joining or talking about is a form of intimidation. And when mm -hmm. we discuss the definition of bullying, Quite often, parents only think about the parents of the bully 
only think about well what the intention of their child was. It may not have been to do harm or they were just playing. But in right, actuality Right, but in all actuality one component of bullying is the perception of the person who believes that they are the victim. Um, so just as a person can intend not to do harm, but it's misconstrued as doing harm, you have to remember that bullying quite often is based on how the targeted person is going to feel. If they feel like they bully, and I often tell kids that they feel like they bullied, bullied then they bully. <laughs> you know, right. that's, that's yeah. just the way it is. Okay. Um, and I want you to often tell my stories. Now, when you came to us, the organization, the National Parent Education Center, um, mm-hmm. it was interesting because <laughs> I, like, I, I like the way you said the next week, but people don't realize that it basically took us seven days to get your child moved because school started, I think the first day that just came about was on a Wednesday or Thursday. And by the next that, week, that Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that's correct. That's correct. By the next week, your child was out of there. Exactly. And that's the thing is that (laughs) the situation escalated so quickly. You know, I kind of just gave a, you know, brief overview of a summary of the situation. But, you know, when you're in that situation, it seems like, you know, things aren't moving fast enough. But it was very quickly because the situation, like I said, it escalated very quickly from, you know, just verbal to physical in the blink of an eye. So this was, right. you know, a very rapid response, but, you know, it wasn't until we sent, you know, that final letter and um, Leanne was no longer, you know, I didn't let her come back to the school that, you know, we finally received, by, but by then the young lady had already become physical with my daughter. So, yeah, right. it was, um, it moved pretty quick. It moved pretty quickly. I want to talk to the parents about, I want to tell parents a story about this perception I was teaching in one school, and I remember when the young lady came down and she actually took a pencil off another young lady's desk. Without asking, she just came down. She took the pencil, took the pencil back and was writing something. And I mm-hmm. called that young lady down to the desk. I said, look, um, if you do that again, I'm going to write you up for bullying. And she said, what? She said, I didn't bully her. I said, well, let's, let's look at it this way. I said, you went and got mm-hmm. her pencil. Now, there are pencils out on the desk in front of other students, and I pointed to one, and this young lady just happened to be pretty a nice size. And I said, but you mm-hmm. wouldn't have gotten her pencil, taken that child's pencil. And she said, no. And I said, why not? And she thought about it. I said, she's big. I said, right. So you use your strength to mm-hmm. intimidate this young lady not to say anything when you took her belongings. Okay? Right. And mm-hmm. so sometimes people, teachers, don't really recognize bullying They just think, oh, my God, it's not something um, that great of concern because they don't see what we see. And children don't see what we see as a teacher. We're looking on the faces of the children and reading them constantly, and we can see that fear or that intimidation. Let me – I want to give parents this thought. And this is my simple definition of bullying, and you go through any – school district's definition, but I want you to think about this. Bothering mm-hmm. students or their belongings, you want to think about as bullying. So when somebody's bothering a student or their belongings, I want you to think about that as bullying um, and creating that intimidating environment. And remember, it's always the perception of the person who believes they are 
being a victim. So if you're out there, please call in. We want to take your questions, concerns. We would like to hear you. In the meantime, um, Ms. Holmes, if you stay with us, I'd greatly appreciate it. And join in, of course, whenever you hear something in which you want to comment on, feel free to join in. I want to talk about this mindset of the victim, well, not so much the victim, but just the mindset of children. I've always felt this, and I do believe that here are some things parents you need to think about doing, especially when your child reaches middle school. Mm -hmm. I want you to really think about getting your child in some type of defense course, in some type of martial arts class, um, even taking chess, because when you t a child takes chess, they're able to look at the whole picture, what's really happening around them. Martial arts and any defense class, it, that child who um, could perceive to be a victim, they may perceive themselves as being a victim, may perceive themselves as less likely to be a victim when they are able to defend themselves or have some type of defense around them or they feel they can um, type of defense around them or they feel they can defend themselves. So mm -hmm. that's something. Now, as far as what we did, how the National Educational, how the National Parent Educational Center as an organization, you might ask, how do we get this child moved so quickly? Well, there's some things you should know. First of all, Leanne was doing school, and that's very important. When you have a child who is engaged in doing school, they are not interfering with another child doing school or interfering with the learning environment. You can mm -hmm. really advocate for them. Um, another thing, we have to prevent the harm, okay? To, mm -hmm. um, once, the ch once the school is notified, and we're going to talk about how the notification should come in, but you talk about verbal, and we actually wrote letters and emails, so we made sure it's in writing. Once the school is notified, they have a responsibility not to let any additional harm come to, come to your child. And lastly, a lot of parents don't know about No Child Left Behind Unsafe School Choice Act. Um, it's a lot in that act, but one part of it says, states that if your child is a victim of a crime, and, and it, that crime, a victim of a crime that's considered mm -hmm. by state law, the state that you live in, Usually, for the most part, your child can be moved within 10 days. Now, there's some little intricate details in that, embedded in that No Child Left Behind Unsafe School Choice Act. Um, it is on our website, the actual federal statute. If you, go to, if you visit tnpec.org and look on the left, you'll see Unsafe School Choice Act and click on it. You will actually see the federal law that governs your child's safety if they are a victim of a crime. So that's very important. And so what we did, we made sure that the school was put on notice that they had a duty to prevent harm from coming to this child. And it interfered with the child um, doing school, which is very important. And there was a federal law to back our decision wanting the child move when I hear a lot of um, bullying cases. Now, oh, oh, I remember this, Ms. Holmes. Later mm -hmm. on, there was a young man who actually committed suicide 
because he was being bullied. And I remember you calling me and you said, what do you think about this case? Remember? Do you you remember that? I think I may remember that, yes. Okay. And you asked me, what do you think about the case? And I said, they better have some documentation. Okay. Mm -hmm. You got to have documentation on file. So halfway through the show, um, again, if you want to join us, call in um, so we can talk about and get your questions and comments as parents. Now, let me tell you why I wanted to do this show or bullying. Parents quite often tell their children two things that I don't like when you're dealing with bullying, and these are the, the wrong statements to tell a child when your child is dealing with bullying. I'm going to tell you why in a minute. Most parents say fight back and defend yourself, okay? Well, now, mm-hmm. I, know it, I know it sounds like it's a great idea to tell a child to fight back and defend that child's self, but here's the key. You got to remember you're dealing with a child's level of discernment, and I'm going to tell you two quick stories. Fight back. There, when I was an administrator, I was, I think I was in a tribunal here, and I came back to our academy, and this this young man had been joning this other guy, and the guy kept telling him to stop. And for most students and for most parents, when you give a child a command, even when they plan and joining, they think the other child is going to respond the way they would. Well, to make a long story short, the child picked up a chair who was being bullied and hit the other child across the head, and blood was everywhere. So it was off the sight. Yeah, that that was horrible. And defend yourself. That was another one. I was actually speaking um, at a seminar, and a young lady came up and said, wow, I wish I would have known this. And I said, why? And she stated, well, I told my child to defend himself, and now he's going through a tribunal hearing because he brought a knife to school um, to do that. That's a felony. So these are the things that you really want to think about when you – Telling your child, um, or you telling your child how to handle bullying. Okay. Um, any comments to that, Ms. Holmes? Um, Ms. Holmes. Yeah, that's. I understand that. Uh, <laughs> um, and that's <laughs> and that's and that's something I always told my child as well was to defend herself. Um, okay. So I definitely understand that, especially dealing with the age of the child. So you do have to right. take that into consideration when looking at what level they're at and being able to understand the definition of defending yourself. Right, because you never know what is going in that child, what's going on in that child's mind when you say defend themselves, and a whole lot of things could be that child could be thinking about defending themselves from just actually giving the same level of force back to um, picking up something, a brick or in this case, bringing a knife to a so you bring a knife to a fist fight. I guess that's the situation. Now, the last right. incident we dealt with uh, what two years ago this year I can't remember, and they were actually going to give your child ten days. They actually suspended your child for defending actually, yes, herself. That was you want... this school year back in October. Okay, and so that now, was it, where it, a, that was where a young I'm lady um, basically attacked her uh, in the lunchroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, my child defended herself, and defended herself, and they did suspend, initially suspend her and the young lady that attacked her for ten days. 
Yes. Oh, actually, I think it was five days. Five days. And how fast did we get that child, your child back in school? Uh, by the second day. And that was... <laughs> That, that was again a, yes, yes, I do too, very much so. <laughs> uh, you know, it's an outstanding organization. And, you know, again, it was a frustrating process because that was also a situation where um, the, the principal of the school did not respond right away to that incident, and initially I dealt with the discipline principal. And um, there the school's process is that any physicality, everybody has to go. And um, I right. sat there and I watched, I actually watched the video because it, it happened in the cafeteria, so there was video of the incident, um, and I watched that about four times with the discipline principal, and I just didn't understand why was it that, you know, my child was being suspended when she was attacked. And, um, you know, okay. very frustrating talking with the discipline principal, and, but, again, we had to basically go, go outside of the school to get that resolved and not only, you know, get her back into school, but also make sure that the suspension was removed from her record. All right. Hold on. We have another call. Let's go ahead and take that call. Okay. Hello? Okay, caller, you on the air? Hello? You on the air? I want to, I want to comment about um, the bullying situation and what you just said about uh, telling your child not to fight back. Uh, okay. I know, I was bullied in middle school. I was bullied a lot. Okay. And I do know it's a different time period now, but I know right. they bu- I was bullied, and my mother do- told me, you know, you need to stand up for yourself. And I grant you, the minute I stood up for myself, instantly the bullying stopped. I know it's a different time now, and kids don't fight fair, and they bring, you know, they're overly scared. They bring things to school that may cause them to get into trouble, like you said. But I think there you have to kind of know your child, and I think you have to talk to your child and explain when is the time to fight back and when is the time not to fight back and how to fight back. If someone is kick, hitting you and, and coming up behind you and punching you or kicking you, I disagree with the schools that they suspend that child that defends themselves. Because I think if somebody puts their hands on you and they won't stop, you have, you, that child should be able to turn around and fight for themselves. And I... I don't agree that if my child is being hit and they hit back, they get suspended too. Because that's just, that, it doesn't work like that in the real world. If you're outside the real world someone attacks you, you have the right to defend yourself. So I, I kind of have mixed emotions. I understand what you're saying about, you know, it comes to another level of felony you may hurt. But I think a lot of times that's extreme. And I will share another story with you. I actually have a cousin who went to a school because uh, – supposedly her child was being bullied. She went to the school. They talked to the principal. The principal said, well, it's nothing to worry about. They got home. That child went in his room. She went in the kitchen. By the time she got back to, to check on him, he had hung himself. Wow. So yeah. this, this, is, this is a very serious, serious thing, and that was a shy child. So a lot of times administrators don't take this seriously or, or they don't know the child, and they don't know what that teasing and taunting is actually doing to that, to that child. I, I totally agree with you, Paula, and that's, you know, when I stated defend yourself, and I want to hear, I, I'm going to, I, I love, I, I, I'm going to love this part of the conversation, because um, in the experience with, and let me talk about two things, in the experience with Ms. Holmes, Ms. Holmes, you still there, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. 
Remember we talked about this statement of defending yourself, right, and fighting back. And yes. what do – there – and I'm going to – and the other caller, you still there too, right? Yes. Okay. This caller, give us your name, please. I'm Angela. I'm calling from uh, Stone Mountain. Okay. okay. Let me tell you, you don't really want to say defend yourself. Here's the statement that you want to say to a child. We need to prevent harm. That's the better statement, okay? The play in words makes a stronger, makes a stronger statement when an advocate comes in to defend your child. When you tell a child, I need for you to prevent harm from coming to you, it takes in a broader spectrum of strategies and interventions. When, I, when you say fight back and defend yourself, basically fight back means that you're fighting to do harm to the other person. There's a, a play on words, but it's a big play on words. Uh, Ms. Holmes, why don't you enlighten us on what the difference was from fighting back to prevent harm? Right, that was that was something that you, that, that you, you know, taught me too when I went in for the meeting with the principal, you know, after my child was back in school because their whole thing, like I said, the, the administrators at the school was just, um, they were fighting. You know, it didn't matter who right. did who first or anything like that. It's just the fact that there was physicality, they were physically fighting, so everyone had to go, and that was their stance, and so you know, with your assistance with the letter and when um, you, we were talking before I went in to sit down with the principal in person, uh, you informed me that to make sure that I correct them on that because, again, from the video I saw clearly that the young lady, the other young lady hit my daughter square on in the face. She had her bent back right. on the table. Um, so my daughter, you know, was basically getting, trying to get her up, the other young lady up off of her. And so when I right. met with the principal, his statement was, well, they were both fighting. And I'm like, no, my daughter was not fighting. She was attacked. That young lady was fighting her. My daughter was trying to prevent harm from coming to herself. <laughs> and then oh, okay, to the other is, caller. The, yeah, I would to like the other caller. Yes. If you, if, so in other words, correct me if I'm wrong. So are we supposed right. to tell our children that if someone hits you, they slap you, or they punch you, you just supposed to stand there and take it? No, 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 no. Are you supposed to try what to run tell? away and tell no, at the listen, same time listen, the person listen, is actually chasing you? you no, know, listen, listen carefully. You have to tell your child to prevent harm, okay? Are, are both of you still there? Yes, it's about the yeah, – Okay, it, great. It's, I'm, I'm yeah. saying it's about the statement that they make because it, right. it's about right. when, they're, when they're filling out the incident report, that's mm -hmm. that's how they have to tell their story to get it across. Hold on. Let, let me get this. Let, let let me interject something. When when you come when your child comes home and tell you that they're being bullied, okay, everything from that point on should be geared toward preventing harm of your child. Everything from that. How point many on. children actually come home and tell their parents that but, they're being bullied? That's, that, that's, that's why. It, 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 but, this is but a that's why, of embarrassment. right? But that's why um, later on, in about one minute, I'm going to tell you what you need to do as a parent to prepare your child for if, in case that bullying incident takes place, because we need to have a plan. 
Um, but as and, and a, I would say, let, let me do I this wanna, because I don't. I just want to tell the caller, you know, from my experience, because we've had to deal with it several times over the years, I know that there's a process of, you know, we have to document things. And that's why even though, you know, I was upset when I was coming to the school to get my daughter after, you know, this latest incident, I knew that, you know, when I spoke with Ms. Austin, the main thing that I needed to do was, first of all, sit down with the discipline principal before I just took my child and left and watch the video, which I did that. And like I said, I watched that video with the discipline principal four times. I was taking notes while I was at the, in there meeting with the discipline principal. And I made sure to get a copy of the statement that my daughter wrote. And so, you know, that was the whole thing was preparing for the fight that was to come as far as with the school because I knew they were suspending her, number one, and so I knew not just for the suspension of her possibly being out of school for five days but also having that on her record. So I knew right. that, you know, we were going to fight that whole situation with the suspension and having that on her record, so I was trying to prepare for that. And so, you know, she's okay. not saying you know, don't tell your child not to defend themselves because like like the caller, you know, that's what I've always told my child, but it's also about, you know, making sure that when, because when, when an incident happens at school, we don't get to go, you know, I left work to go there right away. However, by the time you get there to get your child, the school has already had them write up a statement of what happened. Right. And so when you get ready to go to, like, an organization like the National Parent Education Center or someone to help you or if you're fighting just yourself to try to get these issues resolved, you have to have ammunition for that fight. And so, you know, I know now when we're dealing with these issues that, you know, like he's saying, when talk to your child about the vocabulary that they use, make sure they understand the difference and don't say you fought back. You, this person fought you. They were intended to do harm to you, so you were trying to prevent harm from coming to yourself. So it's about teaching your child the difference in when they write up those statements because you're not going to be there when they're writing those statements. Okay, and let me, let me I'm going to go ahead. Okay, and hold on because I, we, we're going to um, stay on the air. It's going to go a little bit past 30 minutes, maybe about 10 minutes, because I want to get to the, um, the part of telling the parents out there what needs to be done. So there's actually going to be throughout the next 30 minutes where it's going to come on and tell you that, your, it's going to come on and tell you that the um, the show has 10 seconds, 20 seconds, and ended. But we're going to stay live, okay? Okay. So, Carla, are you still there, Miss Holmes? So let's go through that procedure. We're going to talk until that procedure comes on, and then we're going to go in. You have the 10 second acknowledgement that the show is ending, but we're going to stay live with this because I have yet to get to the plan that parents need to know. And I want to really, okay, great. So we have um, the recording left, but we're going to stay live. So are you still there? I'm still here. Ms. Hall? Okay, great. Yes. So hopefully, we're, hopefully we are live, um, and we're going to continue with this. Okay, let's continue. Um, you want to, again, you don't want to recording left. I'm just reading this. It's kind of new to me. You don't want to um, use the term fight back or defend yourself. The better term is to, to say prevent harm. And let me tell you what the difference is when you say prevent harm. 
when you prevent harm, that means you're going to take into everything that needs to be done to do that. So you're going to, when you tell your child and when you act from a position of preventing harm, that means you're going to go to the administration immediately. You're going to call. You're going to document because you want to do everything at that point to prevent a harm from coming to your child. When you tell your child to prevent harm, immediately they need to go and just tell what's going on. And I'm going to tell you, as a former administrator, if you were to come to me as a parent and you said, my child has a right to defend themselves, my child has a right to fight back, then basically what you're doing, you're inflicting, your, the mindset is the child is inflicting harm on that other person. Okay? So we don't want to do that. You want to tell verbally immediately what's going on. So you need to operate as a parent from the standpoint of preventing harm. And let me say tell you why this is very, very, very important, extremely important. You don't know what the other child will do. You have no clue on what the other child will do. You can tell a child to fight back, and another child, that's what they want. The bully wants you to fight back. They may be prepared to bring in 10 or 20 other people. They may be that, like the story I told earlier, pick up a chair and crack your child across the skull. So we don't know. You, never, you don't know what type of anger is raging in that individual. So we want to take a preventive measure. You can say defend yourself, but I'm going to tell you, preventing harm, is better than defending yourself. As a parent, you're going to eventually make the call. As an administrator, you want to prevent the harm. And you want to let people know. Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt, but is the other caller still there? No, she's not. She, she's hung up. She hung up. Okay. It's not broadcasting live anymore. It's not? No, because I okay. had Leanne listening online, and she said it's not. It, she can't hear it anymore. It's not, it's not still okay. broadcasting. Okay. So what we're going to do, let's do this. Stay on the air. Okay, are you sure you want to end this okay. before? In let's be going to go back. Okay, so I'm going to put us back on the air, okay? Okay. Okay, let's see. Um, are we broadcasting live now? Go, go check and see if we're going now. I got her going to check it now. Okay, hopefully, let's see if we're broadcasting live now. Hello, hello. Hello, I'm still here. She's going back to the computer. Okay, let's go back and check. You refreshed it? Are we live? We live again? She said no, but I got to refresh it. Okay, so we'll see. Here's what we'll do because I want to finish this. I'm going to go in and put the episode as part two, and I'm going okay. to put it for for 6 p.m. And then we're going to ooh, I hope then we're going to come back on and do about 15 additional minutes. Okay. Okay. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. Hold on for a matter of fact, I can do it right now. Let's go ahead and do this. Um, dashboard Studio. Which is. Okay. Okay, that's fine. 
Okay, so we're going to put part two, part two, bullying. Okay, we're going to do this today, and we're going to do five. Ooh, can we do this? 6 p.m. Oh. <laughs> I guess, hold on. Hold oh, on. Let's do this. Let's do this. This is the amazing schedule episode. Let's see. We're going to do part two bullying. Part two. I might have to say to an hour, I think. Yeah. Um, we're going to get there. Quick. That 30 minutes went fast, didn't it? Okay, hold on yes, for a second. Okay, this is five. I did four, so let's do 5 p.m. Central, and we're going to do it today, and we're going to do 30 minutes, okay, and we're going to just shoot this upload, we're going to hit schedule episode, let's see if it's scheduled, might not schedule, oh, episode, let's see. Let me do this. Let me let me take you off see can I get this episode in, okay? Okay. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye.